Over the next several weeks, Lee continued the Herculean task of organizing a national army. On June 8, 1861, the Virginia State Militia was mobilized with 40,000 men and officially transferred to the Confederate States. It was August 31 before Lee was commissioned a full general in command of Confederate troops. He had not asked for or even wanted the position. As Lee had written to Mary on June 9, I do not know what my position will be. I should like to retire to private life so that I could be with you and the children, but if I can be of service to the state or her cause, I must continue. Two days later, he added, In this time of great suffering of the state and the country, our private distresses we must bear with resignation and not aggravate them by repining, trusting to a kind and merciful God to overrule them for our own good. He would return endlessly to this theme over the next four terrifying years. God is in control, His will is always best, and our responsibility is to humble ourselves and submit to His way. Virginia invited President Davis to move the capital from Montgomery, Alabama, to Richmond on April 27, and on May 21, he accepted. Politically, it might have been a good move, since Virginia was the largest and wealthiest of the Confederate states, and Richmond was the bigger and more cosmopolitan city. Strategically, it was a serious mistake. Montgomery was securely protected in the middle of the new nation, its factories and stores far from enemy lines. Richmond was a seaport near the northern border, vulnerable to attack and difficult to defend. As the capital it suddenly took on symbolic importance all out of proportion to its practical value. Besides organizing an army, the South had to figure out how to pay for it. As an agrarian society, the South had long lagged behind the North in trade, capital accumulation, and investment. Along with everything else it had to do, the new government desperately needed to set up a treasury, establish credit, print money, issue bonds, and convince foreign governments to trade with it. Lee knew that fighting was inevitable, but the country had to be ready first. There seemed to be a public sense that all the South had to do was trot out and overrun the Federals, and that would be the end of it. Lee delayed any general mobilization of his still-forming army until after Lincoln's May 5 deadline. He had no systems in place to train, equip, or transport soldiers, and no way to supply them in the field. They also needed firearms. When Virginia handed its militia over to the Confederacy, the troops had 46,000 rifles in all. By comparison, in 1861, the Union Army issued almost 1.3 million firearms to its soldiers. On May 28, Lee left Richmond to inspect the troops at Manassas, an important railroad junction on a tributary of the Potomac called Bull Run. There was already a large force defending the railroad, camped about 25 miles from Washington, and the general drew up a plan of defense and counterattack for the invasion he knew was coming. Manassas was on the road between Washington and Richmond, and the Union military was under enormous public pressure to take Richmond and bring this nascent rebellion to a halt. The Union army, led by General Urban McDowell, was as unprepared for war as the Confederates, with volunteers just beginning to muster, and only about 16,000 men available for duty. Lincoln pressed McDowell to attack the rebels in their capital before they could move on Washington. When McDowell insisted that he and his men weren't ready for combat,
Lincoln argued that the rebels weren't ready either.